Hey there. Thanks for checking out this episode of H&M Live. Your support is always greatly appreciated as I'm always striving to provide content that enlightens, entertains, and educates. Look, I've just enabled supporter functionality on the podcast, so click the link in the show description and any support that you provide will be greatly appreciated. Be well. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I ran up a check, I might do it again. Enemies close, have me thinking nail friends. Ten toes down, I'll be free until the end. Crib outside the city, I don't feel safe in my ass. Took so many years, I've been swaying for the wins. I'm in debt to no one but the one who took my sins. I do it for real, there's no reason to pretend. If I do it once, I do it again. Add it up, add it up. Bankroll, bankroll. Euro, euro. Peso, peso. Add it up, add it up. I'm just doing me, everything is on me. Oh, you matter what? Add it up, add it up. One, two, one, one, two. two. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, welcome to Team No Sleep. Was it October 14th? Man, October is flying by. It's a good month because it's birthday month for me. So I, I just, I'm, I'm always in love with October. Oh, man, you, you taking your trip around the sun. You taking uh, your trip around the again, sun. Again, again, yeah, yeah. yes, sir. Yeah. I have took a whole bunch of them. So like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to get into the numbers, but you see all this salt in the beard right here. So you, your boy been around a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, how you living, man? You all right? Blessed man, ten toes down, six feet above. I'm always blessed when it's like that. I so love that. Good. I love that statement. I see some folks chiming in in the comments. Laura Williams is in the building. Oh, the show can officially start now. We got senior in yeah. the building. See, I, I told him we we were gonna get into the conversation tonight. We was we was gonna go ahead and talk some things. So, oh, so he he waiting on this yeah, one. Then. Okay, yeah, yeah, that, that is sitting in his chair with probably with with a little 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 something something as well. Just just ready to have this conversation. And uh, all right. We're not going to delay anymore. Listen, folks, I'm want, let's go ahead and get focused. Uh, Montel and I have some things to talk about. Team No Sleep, as you know, uh, we talk about the social impact of sport. 
We dive into the week's most pressing issues around sport, around the business of sport, and how it relates from a societal perspective. A lot of things happening right now. Not just the games that are happening right now. So let me let me look at these Buccaneers. Your boy Brady is doing what he needs to do for sure. Um, yeah. But my, my Giants is getting ready to come on in a little while. So I, I know folks are going to be multitasking, listening to us and watching the game. So we'll, we'll be cognizant and aware of that. But, you know, w- without any further ado, well, we got we got some folks in the comments. Appreciate you coming through. See, that's probably some folks coming from the community of the man we got behind the scenes. So, yes, sir. Without further ado, let me bring on the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to call him Doctor. I'm going to call him Dr. Charles Jackson II. Hey, you always got to salute the doc. There yes, you go. sir. How you doing, brother? A military salute. You start yes, saluting. You know, yes, I'm, I'm going to throw that knife hand in there because the Marine Corps taught me well. That's right. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm with it. What's going on, gentlemen? I am honored. I'm pumped. I'm excited to be here. Man, look, you looking crispy too, boy. Goodness gracious, he's got canvases in the back with his name on them. He's got the studio looking right. I mean, the man is a professional. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Charles Jackson. Who is this man that we got in this big old screen just look, looking nice? And you, hold on. You yeah. see, first of all, give give me some props because uh, I could have I wore another hat, but I'm, I'm, I'm representing... Shout out to my man, James Hicks, for representing Team Jackson tonight with the merchandise, man. That hat looks good on you. Look here. You are a team player. You know, team, you know, no sleep. You exude team support all the way around. And you're right. You could have picked any team, your favorite team, but you're rocking with your guests tonight in that merchandise. So I appreciate that, man. So shout out to you. But for those on your platform who don't know me, I'm Charles Jackson. I lead a media consultancy, Charles Jackson Media. And what we do, we talk leadership, tech, and culture. We use media to help folks connect across social divides. So I host a popular show called Race Talks Uncut, where we sit down and we talk about race relations, connecting across differences, and really how to get out out of our own um, bias, prejudice, um, debilitating thoughts about various race and religions and genders, to be able to connect with folks on a human level. Cause I believe that if we can do so, if we can connect on a human level, understanding that there's just one race and that's the human race, we're all going to be better off our teams, our communities, our families and our organizations. And so tonight I actually get to do something that I really uh, I'm excited about. Cause I get to combine my passion for sports and sort of inclusion and diversity and merge it together for at least part of this segment uh, when, what you invited me on for. So I'm pumped to be here. I am a fan of this show. So not to be on the show is a real honor, man. So thank you for having me. Love it. Love it. Appreciate yeah. you, brother. We we will definitely show uh, your website and some of your credentials and some of your uh, social platforms before we conclude. But uh, Rich Fives, we see in the building. Appreciate you for, for joining as well. Let, let's go ahead and get focused. Let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, Montel, I know you itching. <laughs> you, 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 you want to talk about what's going We're going to go down the line. We're going to talk the social impact story first, and we're going to talk about football. We're going to talk about what's been happening in Las Vegas. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about John Gruden. We're going to talk about what has happened with, with this gentleman in terms of him no longer having a job. And the fact that he no longer has a job, why? Because he resigned, not because he was fired. So I, I, I want to go down that path as well. But for folks who don't know the story, John Gruden, who was the coach for the Las Vegas Raiders, 
has been in the past making a lot of derogatory remarks, racist remarks, misogynistic remarks, homophobic remarks, an email to a lot of his um, circle of friends, right? It, it's a, it's a, it's a fraternity within sport. It's a fraternity within football that um, we, we want to talk about as well, but some of his close allies, he's been having statements for a number of years, over a decade, maybe even longer than that, but now he's gotten caught and he's made some, some cruel statements about, again, some minorities either uh, based on, you know, black folks or, um, some homophobic types of statements, some misogynistic st- statements about the the female referees and things like that. So, and now he's gotten caught. He decided to not be a distraction to the organization and to the league and to the players, and has resigned from his duties. Let's 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 go into that and let's let's break it down. Let's peel the onion back a little bit. But let me let me start with the guest, Mister Mr. Jackson. What what are your thoughts when you first heard about this story and how it relates to? From a social impact perspective, not not just forget forget the sport, forget the game. Yeah. Talk talk to us a little bit about you know these messages that were coming out from a supposed leader, right? Mm-hmm. And and what and how this looks for uh, the folks that are following in his footsteps, right? Because again, you th- you think seventy to eighty percent of his team or the league are yeah. quote unquote minorities, so yeah. there's a problem with that. Talk to us a little bit about your thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times folks close to them get asked, you know, you know, how you feel about it. And they usually say they're, you know, surprised or shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I wasn't surprised and I wasn't shocked. Um, because I understand this, that for years, 400 years or more, mm. right. Blacks, African-Americans have had to live under this notion that we are inferior to whites, right? And so whites have held these beliefs about blacks and African-Americans based on this notion that they are superior to us. So all of the beliefs that they have, it's, it's only going to dictate and determine their actions. What happened with John is he is who he is. He mm. has the beliefs that he has. He's had them for a while or how long, because generationally, year after year after year, this notion that blacks are inferior to whites, it's going to bring these connotations like we're, we're lazy, all of these negative terms, right? We're loud. We have big lips. You go down through history. We've been called beastly criminals, you know, because our women slept with monkeys. And so, that stuff is in a lot of, uh, unfortunately, inside a great deal of white people in this country. Mm-hmm. So this is why I wasn't surprised because your your title, your position from the highest position in this country to the lowest doesn't change those beliefs that you have on the inside of you. You can cover them up. You can tiptoe around them. But like you said in the opening, when you st- set the stage for this, within his circles, he would have those conversations and, and go back and forth with certain language and, you know, the misogynistic attitude and the racist remarks and the homophobic remarks within his circles. Right. But he's always felt like that. And so when it comes out to me, I'm not surprised because I understand what we are up against as a whole. But what does it do for society? Wow. But when we see our leaders, when we see it come out from a person who has a certain platform. To me, it's more damaging because 
you begin to see just how deep it runs, Mm -hmm. just how high up it runs. And you see what you're really up against. James, we're not just up against our neighbor that has a problem with me. Right. We're up against systems. And so that's what it brings me back to these systems that we're up against based on this belief that blacks are inferior to whites. And so that was my initial thought. I wasn't surprised by it at all. So I was more concerned with those that are going to be affected by it on his team that he was supposed to be leading. That's that's where I want to get into right as well. And then, then Montel, we're going to definitely let you chip in as well. But just just the fact that, again, the whole National Football League, the whole system is is it, it is a buddy buddy type of thing. And the same folks are moved from team to team. Montel and I have talked mm-hmm. about how come there haven't been any real opportunities for for new coaches to come mm-hmm. in to show some some different different looks. You know, how, how come black folks haven't been given the opportunities. How come women haven't been given more opportunities and things of that nature? Why? Because again, it's that tight knit good old boy type of uh, environment. And it's not just us talking about it right now, folks. It's not just three black guys talking about it. If you now we're, it's out in the public, it's out in documented emails of the situation that's been going on for decades. And it's not just gone Gruden. It's, it's not, I, I tell you what, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name any names, but that 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 coach out there in Texas, I got a feeling <laughs> he may have said a few things once in a while. Too. I, again, I'm not gonna name any names. I don't want to make any assumptions, but but again, just just thinking about it. <laughs> See, my, <laughs> y'all put that where you want to, but but again, you, you think about this, right? And again, the majority of their staff, the folks that they're paying multi millions of dollars doesn't look like them, looks like the three of us. And yet still to, to say all these derogatory statements and for it to be accepted, it had to be accepted, right, for it to go go on for so long. That's the issue with the system. And how do we go about mm-hmm. maybe ad- addressing that, changing that? I, I, I can't look at everyone's emails, right? I, I'm, 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 we can't out right. everyone, right? But but uh, do we make a, a, a statement out of Gruden? Do we... Uh, Lay down some new policies and new new procedures, a new frame, some new efficacy training. Right, we've always hear about efficacy training in any enterprise corporate world. Right, how, how to get along with people and how to understand people. Do we do something of that nature? Montel, talk to us a little bit about your thoughts about when you saw this and what your thoughts were as well. Well, I mean, initially I, when I saw it, I thought it was an email from like back, like they said, two thousand and eleven. You know, something over a decade ago, and uh, it was just the one email, mm. which was you know, the derogatory comments. At that point, I was like, it's not really a big deal. You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I said some um, inappropriate things 10 years ago as well. Maybe not in an email, but I definitely said it or had it because I wasn't educated enough on doing it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really pay no attention to it at, at first. But to find out that it's been going off since from 2007, 2000, I think they said 2007, all the way to 2018. Yes. That these emails right. have been going back and forth. That that sheds a different kind of light, and it, ter- it changes the narrative drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, to have those, like you said, it's it's a it's a um, it's a privileged thing amongst them. That little group right. that they were emailing, and that that was a privileged thing, so they felt that they can speak derogatory about anyone and anyone in their that's not within their circle, and use what any any inappropriate language they wanted. Um, to me, that for that long shows a pattern, a very bad pattern. So that means to tell me right now, they're 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 playing the chameleon role. Hey, I'm nice in your face, but behind your back, I can do all these damaging things to you. Yeah. Not only with me, but I'm doing it with my corporate friends because the emails were 
the the uh, the founder of Hooters or one the owner of Hooters. Right. right. Uh, mm-hmm. The other person on the email was a, another GM for the Washington Redskins, which we'll get on him as well. Um, he he did some bad things as well. But I mean, these guys are people that are in this in this industry, a lot of influential, a lot of money, um, and the fact that they have this this little circle of guys that are saying these things and doing these things. It's that closet racism. It's that closet racism, that typical one that we, we've endured, uh, our people have endured for so long. And, you know, my generation and, and my son and his kids' generation have, have been enduring for so long. It's those people that smile on your face and stab you in the back. Period. Yeah. It's, it's just that, it's that, it's that, it's that mechanism. So I'm, I'm really disappointed in John Gruden because I would feel that since he's been working with African-Americans for so long, been, a, been in the position of power for so long, leading these young men in a sport that they love, uh, representing a, a, a team, the Raiders, that is, that's based the birth in Oakland, the birthright of the Black Panthers, such exactly. a rich history yeah. of African-American, you know, African-American history and revolution and, and protests and pride. You represented that kind of team and that kind of organization, and yet you've been doing this the whole time. So, so, yeah. so, so it's damaging. I mean, I think I think it's, it's not only it's damaging, but it's disappointing. Yeah. Because now the ones we thought we could trust, we can't. So you know what, what's interesting, and I, I don't want to gloss over this as well because it's it's come out now, obviously because we we got the we got the receipts, <laughs> we, we we got the emails, <laughs> but. All his ex-players are coming out. All all of the folks that were around right. him, even his current players, Derek Carr, saying, "Hey, man, you know, Gruden was kind of crazy." Keyshawn went went deep in on him, right? There, there's been a lot of players that saying, "Yeah, I, I knew Gruden wasn't wasn't about no, nothing good back in the day." <laughs> why why was that not heard then? As opposed to again, wait until you get caught, and then it comes out in the news, and then everyone has to has to posturize and say, you know, oh yeah, I I knew this twenty years ago that he wasn't no good. Now, y'all just finding out about this? That's the question. So so that's the question. And let me ask you about this because I I don't just want to leave it at the at the at the at the black conversation because I've got mm-hmm. this part highlighted right here. Uh, Gruden's behavior was not limited to 2011. Gruden exchanged emails with Allen and other men that included photos of women wearing only bi- only bikini bottoms, including one photo of two Washington team cheerleaders. So this man has a pattern of just 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 being out of step, out of line, out of touch, right? With with uh, proper behavior, and that needs to be addressed in, in some kind, in kind of way, as opposed to just him resigning. I, I can't see him just getting off that easy. I, he's never going to work in the NFL again. I, I doubt anyone will ever give him a job. But <laughs> I, 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 I don't know, man. I mean, you we keep saying that, and that's that's the rich. That's the, one of the richest white men's clubs there is. You know, wow. that's thirty yeah. billion. I'm gonna let y'all debate that. Y'all, y'all talk a little bit about that because again, I, I put that, I threw that little stick of dynamite yeah, out there. I, I don't think he'll ever get another job. Y'all talk about that. I don't a know, bit. man. That's thirty billionaires is working right. That, that 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 if they feel the same way he's doing, or if they're in that circle, why would he not have another job? I, I don't think he'll be a coach or a public figure in the NFL. But don't think he won't be. Hey, I'm gonna be a spokesman for the NFL and tell how wrong I was about being misogynistic and saying these things. And I want to represent the NFL and go out and talk for and represent it on talk. They will find a way to keep paying him if they want to pay him. It'll be just that, apolo- was- It'll be that, apolo- that apology tour that they do and, and, and go and yeah. go address people. Um, I'm, his behavior, to me, like I said, is more disappointing because as a 
If I if I was an athlete, I would be like, man, I can't believe this dude, this guy was all that way. The only person that's documented saying something is Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson's been saying this one since day one. This dude, there's something wrong with this dude. This guy, he didn't quite say he was a racist. He didn't quite say that he was doing all these things, but he felt that there was always something wrong, that he was always like uh, somewhat of a backstabbing coach. You know, like I said, smile on your face and talk behind your back. Um, it's now, like you said, we have the receipts. It's documented now what he does. Not only does he do that, but now he goes be of and beyond that behavior by making rude, crude comments, doing crude things, saying, you know, sending inappropriate materials over email. But it, but he's, he's just the first stone to turn over. All yeah. those dudes on them emails, man, they're the same, they're in the same circle in the same way. I, I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm baffled, man, almost, you know, that he would get himself in that situation. And my thing is the NFL, granted, he wasn't working for the NFL at the time, but the fact that the NFL didn't do enough research on this person or do enough intel on before they hired him or got him in the circle, they didn't know that some of this stuff was going on. I can't say they won't find out everything, but they should have known that some of this stuff and some of this behavior going on. I just say it man, it's white privilege, man. That it, it, bottom line, in my opinion. Yeah. It's so I mean, there's a couple of things because one, we have to understand, and this is what I firmly believe, and you both have alluded to it since you've been talking. <laughs> there is a thing in this country, right, that um we are up against. If you are not a middle aged white male, you are up against this notion that you are the lesser than. That's why there was a women's suffrage movement. That's why there was a, you know, Black Lives Matter movement. That's why there is a um, LGBTQ movement, um, because typically this country has been ran and dominated by that middle aged white male. And they do all that they can to hold on to that power and that wealth and that prominent place in this country. And so if you are anybody outside of that circle, if you step wrong, Mm. You can become subject to their ways, their hate speech, their acts. It's lynching of blacks is assassination of Abraham Lincoln. You get on the wrong side. It's like you're out of here. Right. And so they want to hold on to that. They just happen to be the owners of sport teams. They happen to be in the political positions. They are. They happen to be police officers and people in authority and judges. They happen to be in those spaces where they they legally do have a lot of power and authority, but because they're harboring racist beliefs and misogynistic beliefs and homophobic beliefs and ideas, it's ultimately going to come out. And James, you said something so critical. It it wasn't something that happened overnight. So why wasn't he checked? So now you're speaking to the character narrative of the person and those guys and those individuals, they have people around them. And they only keep people around them who think like them, believe what they believe and are going to help them keep that power and that wealth and would accept their jokes, would accept them groping a woman. Yeah. Right. And and nobody not file a complaint and say, hey, man, you're wrong for the way you just smack the waitress on the butt. Like yeah. they run in those circles and everybody else to me is trying to break into it. Even white women, if you go back through history, Mm -hmm. they were down there in the bottom of the barrel trying to get rights just like we were at one time. Right. And so that's what I see playing out. I don't think, though, in 2021, with the civil unrest and awakening that has taken place, he will be able to sit across from some parent at a college or a university and convince them to go and play for a school that he is coaching at. I think that council culture is way too strong now. I think 
personally. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. For him to get back into it. It's it's real strong right now. We see I, what happened I, I, to the baby, and he a brother. Like, you know, he gonna yeah, be yeah. working to come back. There you go. But 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 my 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 my, my comment would be that is I and where I where I, I see a little gray area is that he may not see he may not be able to recruit me or my family in that situation, but he could recruit someone that believes just like him, a dad a dad of a kid that thinks just like him. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 and I'm gonna say it, and they can hit me a Trump supporter. And I was going to say that I think to January 6th of, of what yeah, happened yeah. At, at the Capitol building, that type of support. Well, yeah, that, those type of supporters, those kind of people, he, they have kids, they play football. That's fair. They like football. He will be able to be attractive to them. Um, like I said, uh, Gr- Gruden's just behavior has just been an ignored pattern behavior. Yeah. And, and, and now he, narrative. you know, very, yeah, very, very character flawed and very privileged. He's been able to say these things for so many years and get away with it. But he's been able to set in a circle. But uh, it was interesting. I was watching, um, I forgot, I don't want to even name that, but one of the TV shows, Keyshawn Johnson was talking about it. And he was just saying he displayed tidbits of that character at the t- when they were playing for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. You know, like he said, he would, he, yeah, yeah. He would say, he would, he would say some things. And as soon as a person would leave, he would talk behind their back and say something, say a slick comment to him, whether it was a racial yeah. comment. Now, he didn't say a racial comment, but rather just a derogatory comment, yeah. comment about somebody. And he said he saw it more than once. And now that these these emails and all this come out, it was just a known behavior. I, I could tell me right now when I looked at when it was just one email, I was like, uh, maybe it's just he just used poor language in describing somebody, and it was just that one incident. You know, he said something that was crazy. Right. That one is yeah. talking about somebody, <laughs> but to find out, man, this, this, like I said, it's happened over yeah, ten years. It's like, repetitive and yeah, and, 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 and it's conscious, right? Because he's using and folks, I'll put the link to this particular story in the New York Times. He's consciously using his personal email account to send yeah. this, so he he knows kind of better than to use mm-hmm. his corporate either wherever he was in, in, in Vegas or, or Washington with, with the, or, or Tampa Bay. I mean, with, with, with the, with the bucks to not use that email address to spew all this madness, like the screen right here that, that I got on right now. Cause, cause I tell you, you were talking about maybe his political beliefs criticized uh, Obama back in, in 2012 mm-hmm. during, during the reelection. So he, he, it's just a pattern that has festered in this particular man who quite honestly isn't the biggest fish in the pond when it comes to this framework of a, of an organization, the NFL, right? He only reason he's making any noise now is because his team started out at, at three and oh, right. But you know, Gruden, Gruden, Gruden true. What, right. he was an analyst. He, he won a ring. He he's long old school. Uh, man, his football career. Well, I mean, his football career was car garbage. Guys never done <laughs> no, that. But, but again, so, so that that's there's the point right there, right? He is yeah. he he's not a Jerry Jones, right? No. He he's not someone like a John Elway. He's not one of the the bigger names within the organization. This mm-hmm. this is guy. He's on B on the you know on on the B team, and he's being allowed to say all of this just crass stuff and and get away with it for for decades. But you know, I don't but, think but nobody's going to do anything, though, man. Yeah, you remember the Clippers I, owner, Star, yeah. the Sterling. Like, who's going to challenge them? This yeah. is this is this is the reality of it. The reality is, <laughs> you know, that's how they feel. Like, who's going to challenge them? Their mm-hmm. power, their wealth, and their status. Mm-hmm. You know, I, w- I want to get to some of these comments, and I appreciate this comment from JP. How you living, brother? He said, "I would leave Trump out of the conversation. This is way bigger than that, regardless of political affiliation." I I agree with that, but again. 
that that's a part of the story as well, which is the reason why I brought it up because Gruden actually sent that e- email about Obama and, and Biden back in the day. But again, it just speaks to like Charles was saying, the character of this man and the fact that he'll talk about any and everyone who isn't him. I just doesn't look like yeah. him. I think anyone that isn't him. So, but yes. appreciate, appreciate that comment there. But that comment from JP though. So this is what we have to consider. Do y'all remember, um, one of the speeches that Trump gave, it, it might've been an independence day speech. He went to Mount Rushmore and he was giving this speech and I listened mm. to the whole thing and I listened to it 10 times. And he kept saying, this is our country and they are trying to take it from us. We have to stand up against them. It's us against them. Trump was releasing rhetoric out his mouth that wasn't doing anything but dividing the nation. And who was they and who was the we? He was talking about all of the protesting that was taking place after George Floyd and everything that was surrounding the Black Lives Movement. And his Independence Day speech was all about this is our country and they're trying to destroy it and they're trying to overrun it and we got to fight against it's us against them. This is what he was saying. So that's why that same language that he's using, it, it stemmed from the same thing that will allow Gruden to speak the way he was re- re- speaking on his emails. Belief drives behavior. I don't care who you are. It's not about a political mm. affiliation. It's not about him being an NFL coach. It's about him a per- his, him being a person with beliefs about another race or another person that dictates how he's going to talk to them, how he's going to handle them, and how he's going to deal with them. I don't care if he's the president. I don't care if you're whoever. That does not matter. You're a person, and what you're saying and what you're doing comes from bad debilitating beliefs about another individual. Oh, but by the way, you are in a place of power, which means the decisions that you make for this particular group of people is going to be less than that, less than favorable for the decisions that you make for another group of people because you have those beliefs. That's why we have to have these conversations. It's not about politics. Man, that's Mm. so spot on. That's well, bravo for that one. I give you a hand clap. Uh, uh, and and I, I, one other, I wanted to just point out one other part, uh, uh, James, what you were saying about the players, how the yeah. players felt and everything like that. Uh, again, I was listening to Keyshawn's interview, and he was saying, you know, you, that he remember he controls your destiny within the organization and your money. Basically, he controls your money because he can waive you at any time as, 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 a, as a player. He doesn't like whether you're a starter, whoever you are. So you got to make sure you watch that fine line and look at the people that he's dealing with. Okay, Keyshawn, mm-hmm. what he dealt with, he dealt with late in his career. 20, 27, 28, 29, a little bit older, a little bit more mature. When you're dealing with kid, kids that are 22, just coming in the league, 24, 25, right when they're about to get their second contract, their big contract, they're not going to do anything to mess up their money. He can call them anything under mm. the book, and they're just going to ignore it, and that's why no comments are going to come out. Okay. No one's going to say anything no. about it in, in previous because he's a person in power and control of their career that's at that point. point. Yeah. So they got to be they, 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 they choose to be quiet. It was just like he said, the Clipper situation. Donald Sterling. Those players seen him do do crazy things. They chose not to say something because he's signing those checks. And he, <laughs> he has enough control to say, I'm going to cut you from this team. Yeah. Now, the superstar, he can get away with maybe saying a few things not here and there, but I'm sure they're smart enough not to say too things, many things about the, around the superstar. They don't, they don't comment around him about that, but they'll send a little comments about all the other players that they know they have a stronghold control over. And you won't say nothing. You won't ignore it. You, you either choose to ignore it or you just put it in your memory bank and just say, man, I just, you know, I got to just keep it moving. 
Um, it, it, that's just an, and we do that even in corporate world. Yeah, that's that's just a world yeah. thing. Yeah, that, that's that, not it's there. unfortunate, that's but that is true. Yeah. That is true. So yeah. let me let me let me ask you guys this, and especially glad that we've got Charles here on on the show for this statement. How do we get better? Right. How, how does an, a, such an influential organization like the NFL? Because, look, there was there was a time a few years ago where and you remember this. We said we were going to boycott the the, the whole NFL. Right. We, we folks said that we were going to do that. We weren't going to watch any games. It was I don't, I don't even think it was the, the Kaepernick situation. I think there were, there were some other issues that were going on. Folks said, you know, I think it was the, the, con, the concussion protocols. But again, but that lasted for all of probably two weeks. This is way beyond that. This is way more critical and way more important. That how do we as a society get better? How, and how mm-hmm. let's let's go an armchair quarterback this right? How do we make the NFL better and and get rid of this stain? Uh, is it is is it wiping the slate? If if we had the, the canvas that we can just start over with and say you know we, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna correct this we're gonna fix this we're gonna try to do better. How, how how does the NFL rise above this particular situation? Because this is going to be a conversation for a long time. I don't think anyone is going to go as deep as we are on this, but this is a conversation that is going to keep festering if yeah. that conversation doesn't happen. Charles, give, give yeah. your thoughts on this, man. My, my response is always the same to that question, James. Unless we all, that means you, me, my brother to the left or right, my neighbor, all of us, we're all global citizens. The The, the globe is our community. Mm. Right. So unless we global citizens change our debilitating beliefs, behaviors and practices, this chaos is going to continue in every facet of our lives. Mm. Like each one of us have to examine ourselves. We have to examine our behavior. We have to examine our belief. We have to examine our biases that we've allowed to either just go unchecked or we've ignored, or we've tried to suppress, or we've just chucked up to, that's just the reality of it. We have to start checking it within ourselves, within our families, within our communities, within our spheres of influence. And then we have to start locking arms with one another to say, hey, I, it's going to take all of us, like I, I, I'll get that picture of the NBA players, you know, before a game, they would mm-hmm. lock arms, do a national anthem, mm-hmm. like literally, that's what it's going to take each and every one of us examining ourselves on both sides of this thing or all sides of it. When it comes to the NFL, this is their problem to me. When, so you look at who, who, who runs the NFL, you look at the owners, you look at the high up, right? You look at those boxes, you see who's in those boxes and you see us little players and this might not be a popular opinion. The, Um, What's his name? The black sports agent. He said that sports to the African-American community is our like biggest commodity. Like for all it's Arabs. And he was Mm -hmm. saying for Mm -hmm. Japanese it's tech. He said for black people, it's sports. Mm -hmm. So because that notion is there, sports becomes a thing that we look to, to get out of, you know, impoverished situations or build wealth or whatever. But we don't own anything within that context. We still get bought, sold and traded by these white men who mm-hmm. are making bigger bank than we are. So when things go down, like Colin Kaepernick taking the knee, they did not like that and they crucified him. But then George Floyd happens, the civil unrest, riots, everything breaks out across the world. Players in this generation say, wait a minute, this affects us too. And then now their hand is forced and you see in the community, 
we stand together in the end zones and all of that. And you wonder how long that's going to last. I'm saying all this to say when it comes to the NFL, unless there's more diversity in leadership and ownership, Mm. more diversity when it comes to the thought behind the policies and practices and approach to the game in terms of inclusion and diversity, the same thing will continue. If everybody in a room looks the same at the highest level making decisions, things will stay the same. And what they'll do, they'll just pacify situations year by year, event by event to please the people. But there won't be any lasting meaningful change because we can't get so high up within these organizations. Wow. That's that's like like my pastor used to say, that's making the plane right there, boy, because that's the unfortunate truth about that. Go go ahead, Martel. I want to. I'm going to echo those same things. I believe, it, you know, you, you got to start at the head and with leadership and with ownership. And we talked about this on the show before. There's 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 30 owners. There's only one that's a minority. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even think he has say. So I don't even, I'm not quite sure where his say is. He's in Jacksonville. So he's in the smallest market of all of them as far as it comes with the ownership concern. Those are, you know, 29 white males, older white males or family wealth white males that own it. They want to run it the way they want. And it's, it's just it's a good old boys club when it gets to that higher level. They think the same way. They go the same way. Um, yeah. And we talked about the NFL, how you know these things go. They mask everything. We remember not too long ago, <laughs> the New England Patriots owner was when it was in a was in a um, man. You want to talk about? Go ahead, brother. Yeah, because yeah, he was know, caught up, right? He, he was, was caught, caught, caught on they had film, video, <laughs> caught on film, caught it being in the massage parlor that was that was deemed as uh, you know. Uh, um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, whatever yeah. He, no, he um, tried to do the Eddie Murphy. Wasn't me. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no. There was video of you, brother. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he was in there. He was in there. What happened? We don't even hear about it. Matter of fact, he didn't do no jail time. No, 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 nothing. I don't even think he was fine. I think they just wiped it under the rug somehow. You're dealing with billionaires that they, they think they can make their own laws in their own ways. And in order to make it better, that has to change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. And even, but it's it just, it just, just doesn't start there. It starts off with the NFLPA. The Players Association, mm. they need to start changing their ways. They always formulate to the owners because they want to get the maximized dollars. But the owners are smart enough to say, OK, well, you want more money. You're going you're gonna to do more what we want you to do and not what you're supposed to be doing or even what's the right thing to do. You know, the mighty dollar control is controlling the NFLPA and it controls those people, those, those, the, the, the few voices that we have that have some power in there, power in there within the NFLPA situation. Yeah, I, yeah, they it has to be a, a, a whole reform or restructure. Like, 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 um, you know, doc, the doctor was saying, we got to educate one. It's got to be more diversity in there, but it just can't be diversity talk. It needs to be diversity in ownership and ownership and in leadership positions. We have to see someone that looks like us that that thinks best on our behalf. Yeah, and and we be able to yeah. articulate and share it to the masses, so we can come to a collective idea for what's best for them and what's best for us. We come to a medium and now everybody's working in Kumbaya. You know, now it's starting to get better. Things will change. Things will go. And I hate, like you said, they pacify us. Hate to say it, but mm-hmm. the NFL Super Bowl halftime, they're pacifying us by now bringing hip hop to their hip hop there and now bringing Snoop and Dre and them there to kind of just corner the masses and say, hey, we want we want an indirect way to apologize to black people before we did the kind of Kaepernick, uh, yeah. Kaepernick and kneeling. Oh, we'll give them this hip hop thing and give them a, a epic show like that, and now they'll be all kumbaya. Now they'll be on board with the NFL again. It, hit them with it, brother. Man. No, I'm, hit I'm off the plane. I'm not off the boat. I didn't come off the boat. I'm off the plane. Yeah, you you, you can't. you're not going to blind me by that. But I understand it. I, I do. I, I do understand it. But yeah. it's got to be change at the top before there's going to be any change at the bottom. That's true. That's just going. That's just the bottom line. And I don't. I don't foresee there's going to be any change at the top. 
Well, the owners are not giving up anything. So, so let me, let me let me interject with two things, and then we'll, we'll move on to the next topic. I I know that Jay Z is in conversations with some other folks to possibly acquire the Broncos, and I wonder if he's the right person. Right, he he's got influence from an entertainment perspective, and he's got influence right he's a billionaire, so he's he's got the cash. But is he the one that we need to be at? at that conference room table to help correct the directive and help correct the dialogue that's happened all these years. I'll I'll ask that question. And then I want to bring up this question here or this statement from, from Tony Davis. Appreciate you being in the comments, brother. We go through this every decade with sportscasters calling us monkeys on national TV. Now it is coach GM. You had an owner doing the same thing that Deshaun Jackson did but who gets penalized? The black athletes. That is so very true. Appreciate that statement, man. So uh, before we move on, talk to me. What, what do you think? So if we get Jay Z in, in that room, sit next to Jerry Jones, does it? Does you that want my help? Opinion first? You want me to go first, Co- oh, Doc? You want me to go first, or you go first? I'll go. go ahead, no, bro. he's not the right person. No, no, he's not the right person. <laughs> Hell no. Hey Charles, I, mean, Charles, I, t- I told you I was going to instigate, didn't I? I told you <laughs> I was. I, boy, I, I just be throwing I mean, salt in the wounds. Boy, I'm gonna, if, I'm, if he's the if he's the only one that can get in the door, wow. if he's the one that's giving the keys yeah, to the man. door, then go ahead and take it. But he okay. is, if you saying who's the right person, mm. no, because Jay Z, he's an entertainer. I think he does have some some. I, I'm sure he's very professional. He's very adverse to what's kind of what's going on. But that's those are a hundred years of back rooms with those gold with those golden boys back there. And to be able to be, you got to be able to have some some very negotiable skills and some very very some very other talented people around you to get your point across. I don't think Jay Z's that person. His billion is nothing to Arthur Kraft's ten billion. You know he he, <laughs> he holds nothing to them. So his opinion is going to be like the guy in Jacksonville. It's it's not, it's non boy. Yeah. Only thing he has is I'm Jay Z. I'm a rapper. Do you let's be let's let's be candid since we all in this room and we talking. You really think they respect Jay Z? Let's be honest. You really respect they respect his hustle on marrying Beyonce and making making a million dollars. But do you really think they will respect his opinion? I I will definitely say that he would not be honestly welcomed at the table, e- even if he had a seat at the table. And, yeah, and, and again, it, it's just it's just the, the nature of the beast. It, it it needs to change. It needs to happen. It is going to take a long time. It's been a long time. You, I agree with you that he's probably not the right person. I, I don't know who is. I don't know if it's if it's if it's Michael, if, if it's Jay-Z, if it's Magic. I don't know who it is. I, I don't know if it's President Obama that needs to come in there and, and, and gather. I don't know who it is and who the, the collaborative effort is to go in there and do it. Jay-Z yep. by himself isn't the one to speak for all of us in, in my mind. So, and, 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 and Mrs. <laughs> Jackson, James, you need to buy a team. Yeah. Guys. You know, I, you know, I, I, I got kids in college, you know, right, right now my money is going down to UCLA. So I, I can't buy nobody's team, but Miss Jackson was, was laughing too. So shout out. <laughs> Look, we don't need, we don't need money in the room. Oh, Talk on this. Go ahead. Where are you going? I see where you're going. The problem is it takes money to get in the room. Yep. Mm-hmm. We need insight, intentionality, and introspective people inside these rooms who are almost coming from a humanitarian standpoint where they see the hurt, they see the pain, they see the injustice, they see the barrage of mm. of white supremacy and white power that's being grasped by those men and go in there with some strategy on how to 
loosen that grip, first of all, yeah. on more ownership and more head coaches and diversity and even women. Like, shout out to Maya Shaka, you know, first um, African-American referee. Like, in order for that to happen, that tight hold that they have has to be broken. And it's not just money that we need people to come in with. We need people to come in that can actually have some emotional intelligence to be able to have the conversations in the right way, to be able to reach people who have some deep rooted beliefs. Like that takes some skills <laughs> that takes somebody like with the, that's, that's hard, man. You can't, hard. we can't throw hey. money at them. And be like, hey. See, see, Dr. Jackson, I'm going to go with you. You go in the mountain, the Martin Luther King way. I'm going to go to Malcolm X way. You're going to go to Malcolm X way. I'm going to Malcolm X way. The, the money's the key to get in. Yeah, yeah. The money's the key to get in. And I do I agree with you. Yeah. I agree. You, you, we got to have someone that's got more of a, you know, a more of a stronghold on what's going on and be able to understand and all that. But for us to even get in the door, matter of fact, sir, even get in the money. building to the security, the key the key is money. So we have to have that person or those persons with, with enough money to be able to go yep. in there and go. Now, one thing I also want to think, it's not just colors one of the, the issues, but it's also we got this a big generational gap. All those guys are real are old white owners, you know. Except for maybe I think for Mark Davis is pretty is, is is probably the youngest out of everybody, and he's in this and he's in his fifties. So if Mark Davis is the youngest owner. We have a big generational gap. They're big time on That's understanding true. and letting people in how it goes. You That's know they've been point. they've been very good and keeping it. You know keeping the money within families and keeping it going to that generational wealth and keeping it within generations. Um, that part, I don't know how we break. I really, I, you know, the, the more the art, the art models, the, the crafts family, and so on and so on. There's where I think our, our piece for NFL is expansion. Mm-hmm. That's where I think we can get in, and that's where people of color are going to be able to get in and go. And I think that's something that hopefully, as a society, if we really want to make make an impact and be a part of that game, that's what I would I would hope Jay Z and these other investors push that. Let us get into the expansion game because now that organization mm-hmm. that we start from ground roots and we're the first owners, that's generational for us now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not it's, owned by gener- generation for us. So yeah. that's, that's kind of where my thought is with that. Sorry about that. Sorry, brother. Speaking of generation though, this generation is very, they're consumer conscious. They want to know who's behind these products. They want to know where their money is going. They want to know your beliefs It's no longer just, spending money and exchanging money and entertainment. Yeah. They stand for purposeful causes and people who like to say that character narrative, Jay-Z and Beyonce doing a, a, a campaign with Tiffany, the jewelry company. Yeah. And Beyonce <laughs> took a picture with the diamond on, right. That only like four women in war. And there was yeah, backlash. Like, really? that. You're like, it's a blood diamond. You're like, well, gosh, but this is supposed to be like a black campaign. Like they ain't having yeah, it. They yeah. checking everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And, I agree. And, and and salute to this generation for that, for being cognizant and, and aware of those situations. I mean, that was the first thing that I saw too when I saw them. Like, that, that might not be the look. Don't don't you got people who who tell you a little bit better? Now? Okay, but you right, know, right, I don't know what the right. check looked like that, that you got. But that's good. Too. <laughs> let's uh, let, let I tell you what, let, let's round this out because we got a couple more topics. Uh, appreciate all the commentary. Appreciate the the dialogue as well. But I'll end with this 
statement here from from JP. The skin color is not enough to bring or implement change. The belief, values, and heart for our people is what we need, and whoever will agree to take the stand and fight, not just for us, but with us. I love that yep. statement. That really it's sums dope. up the whole thing. It's and there. we we we're not gonna make this happen tomorrow. Not gonna make it happen next season, the season mm-hmm. afterwards, as, as either as regards to the NFL. But at least we have in this dialogue. Hopefully, someone else is having the dialogue too. But Montel and I have seen where. Look, we'll talk about it on Thursday night, and show enough Friday morning, somebody else is is biting the statements that we say. So go ahead and do that. Right, have the conversation somewhere because this needs to happen. In hey. more of a diverse circle as well. Yeah, yeah, we we can talk yeah. about it amongst us, but we just need that need yeah. more people at the it's table part, having this conversation. I, I, I'm a, I'm gonna quote the great Tupac. We we the spark that makes change in somebody's spark change. <laughs> you know the spark. We the sparks in, in social social. That's I think, great. and I and I stand by. It. Yeah. I think we're the spark in social impact that sparks a change in somebody's thought process. And I and I stand behind that 100 because, like you said, we're not just talking about the scores. We're yeah. not just talking about the athletes. We're talking about the impact it has on our, on us and our communities and yeah, our youth. Because it's a platform. It's, it, it's yeah. a huge platform. Yeah. yeah. Our platform is there. So, I mean, we're, we're the spark, man. And I'm, and I'm, I'm going to keep speaking my truth and I hope people challenge my truth. I want to learn just like everybody else, but I want to make sure that we keep, we, we also have some accountability. And yeah. we, we ain't playing with people. For, Charles Jackson came on, on Team No Sleep, and he didn't know he was going get, to get into the midst of the fire, boy. Look, we, we, don't, we don't play. So, but Drop right in the middle. Right in the yeah. middle. I will mention a couple of scores now, though, just because I, I'm watching what's going on. Uh, Brady is doing what he does, and he's hurting them Eagles. So I, I, I feel sorry <laughs> for you Philadelphia Eagles fans because he's killing y'all 21 to seven right now. And he's, he's, and he don't even have uh Gronkowski with him. He just dropping bombs probably to Antonio Brown. Uh, why is he shout well, out to I, Antonio Brown? I, over I, I was, 900 catches quickest man to do it. Mm-hmm. Just saying, I'm just, what, what is it? Uh, four. Yeah. I think well, even it's not even halftime yet. 21 to seven. Ooh. We'll get into baseball in a little bit because we got a little Tampa local Bay. talent. We got yeah, we got a little local talent talking about uh, about, about our baseball. Who you, what Tampa Bay? What you talking about? Bro? I'm in Tampa. That's, well, you forget that? No, I I know where you are. It's, oh, okay. it's late too, yeah. so <laughs> we're not gonna keep I'm you up too long. Tampa we, Bay, man, Lightning, <laughs> Bucks. It's my they city. Yeah, they try to do a little something out there. It's they, all good. They, they try to do something on the far east coast. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 move <laughs> over into into basketball. Let's talk a little bit. Well, it's not just basketball, but uh, basketball is is the focus of this particular topic, and it's another social topic. Let's talk about the vaccine, right? Let's let's talk about primarily Kyrie Irving because he's returning into the face of this situation for the fact that. The Brooklyn Nets has said, Kyrie, you are no longer an active participant on the roster because you have chosen, and I say that word explicitly, the fact that you have chosen not to get the vaccine. So, uh, you know, there's a mandate in New York where you're, if you're in a venue and if you're not vaccinated, you can't come in. Uh, he does not want to get the vaccine before personal issues, whatever they may be, and you have that right. You can do what you want to do with your body, but your employer is telling you that you cannot participate in league activities and you won't get paid by your employer if you don't go through these steps. He is um, 
coming out on on social media talking about uh, they, they against me. They don't they don't understand me. I, I'm summarizing, but again, I'll, I'll also have the links to this statement and this story on ESPN where, where where all the dialogue is going. But let me ask you guys, and I'll start with you, Montel, on this. What what's your thoughts on this mandate from New York, this mandate from the NBA, and this fact that Kyrie has decided that you know what I'm going to forego this three hundred eighty thousand dollars per game check because mm-hmm. I don't want to get this vaccine for whatever reasons that I may have it personally. I think, I think Kyrie's, you know, I mean, you, you have every right and you know, it's your choice in your body not to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I commend you on that. Uh, you, you're following your beliefs, but what you're doing now is you're affecting um, your brothers, your teammates that you were supposed to be a part of. You're now affecting an organization that invested a lot in you when people were running away from you based on what you did in Boston. So someone that took the time to invest in you, sign you the big contract, says, hey, I want you to be a part of our team and do this thing so we can win championships and bring all this money and do all those other good things. You are not a part of that because of your ways. I'm not sure if he's fine. I'm not sure why he's not getting the vaccine. He never alludes to that. He just says it's my personal belief. Yeah, yeah. Um, he never says it's a science or reason or you know, I'm worried or whatever. We don't know. He's such this mystery man when it comes to his comments and his statements. And even his his, his release on Instagram was 25 minutes of nothing. What he was saying just mm-hmm. said, "It's my personal belief. I don't want to get the vaccine." Um, it's kind of just it's, it's, it's weird. I, I'm more of the stance. Um, you, 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 the times that we're in right now, and as deadly as this virus is, you need to be vaccinated. Uh, um, I, I come from the theory: if the government was going to get us, they would already got us. You know, at this point. You know, everybody's got to get vaccinated in order to go back to work and do the things they're supposed to do. He's no different than our, our regular employees at our jobs. You have to be vaccinated in order to go into buildings, to complete your nine to five, to make a paycheck. Kyrie's not an exception at this because he's a millionaire. It's unfortunate, though. I think he could do more if he did get vaccinated and, and, and mm. use his money and his monetary to spread whatever message he's trying to spread a lot more effective than walking away or not playing, participating in the games. Or choosing not to participate in the games because of that. I'm, I'm and I'm gonna look at it from the sports standpoint. I would be if that was a guy that was on my team, I'd be really highly disappointed because we all know we're going into a season. We all have high aspirations. We we we're gonna do this. We got every we got all the pieces. We about to yeah. win, 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 win. And then all of a sudden, we all got vaccinated. We all doing it. We're doing fine. We, we see our health is okay. We're yeah. everybody's rolling. And then a guy that we were really dependent on, all of a sudden for whatever reasons in the world, he decides not to. Yeah. He's not doing it. And he's standing by his stance, and now he's like trying to develop this cult. He's the what do you say? He says the voice of the of the something, the he, voice of the not. Yeah, heard. I, I, I turned it off when because yeah, yeah, like yeah, you he said, he was going down some. He was going down a different. Yeah, path. he's the voice of the not heard or something like yeah. that. And I'm like, man, I, I I just don't I don't know where he's at, man. This yeah. thing, but I, I'm siding with the Nets. If you're not, hey man, if you're not coming to work, I'm not paying you. That's that's you, know, you, you, you take a FMLA, you go on leave without pay. <laughs> And go do your thing. You know, I'm, I'm all with that. Go do your thing until we can get it, come to a complete resolution. Until but you I mean, can show I, me your vaccination card, yeah, you, you, you stay on. You're going to just go on and leave it. I mean, no disrespect. I, I, I respect he has his own personal opinion, but you're doing. You're not doing your team and the organization any justice at this point by not getting vaccinated. And, I, and, and if he gave me a reason why he wasn't getting vaccinated, maybe I would be more on Kyrie's side. Maybe yeah. I'd be like, okay, you know what? He's got some really valid points, but he hasn't shown us any valid points. Why not? That's so I, I'm not sure where to go, where to go with it. So Charles, let, let me pose a different question to you. And, and then if you, if you want to interject as well on this. So 
first and foremost, Montel, what you were saying exactly, right? You know, you got the big three out there. You got Durant, you got Harden, and you wanted Kyrie. And that that could have been phenomenal just from a fan's perspective to see that mm-hmm. out there. And it's, it's it's we're missing out because we don't get to see that. And, you know, those other two were expecting him as well. But something that you mentioned earlier, Charles, about this generation and kind of what Montel alluded to as well, Kyrie has a powerful voice with the youth. And he really could make a lot of noise if he did this a different way in a positive way. In a, in a kind of a, in, a, in a positive perspective, right? Again, do what you want to do. If you don't want to get the vaccine, that's on your on, on your shoulders, and you have that choice. You have that right. But there are consequences to that. But I, I I personally feel that there's a different way that he could be approaching this because there's a lot of, of our youth that are looking at him and saying, "Kyrie's do, not doing it. Why do I need to do it?" I, I don't know. Yeah. So let, let me ask you that because again, I, I want to bring in kind of that that philosophical kind of uh, yeah. aspect to it as well that you typically deal in. Yeah, because he has a platform, mm-hmm. what we would hope to see is there be, when you go into sports, you go into Hollywood, you go into rap, you usually, even though you do it because of the love, you understand it's going to give you a platform. And and sometimes people want that. They want that platform. They know the notoriety, everything that comes along with it. And so when you accept it, I feel like you then should be very intentional about the things that you do and the message that you send out. And so if he has a clear message, um, because he's free, like you say, to do whatever it is that he wants to do. But what we're asking for somebody, you know, who is in his position to consider those youths that are going to give a open ear to everything that he says and does mm-hmm. just to give some type of guidance. It, I'm not saying go get vaccinated because mm-hmm. it's your job. I'm not saying go get vaccinated because you're going to let KD and um, Harden down because I'm, I work for within the DOD space and they're going to be putting out mandates soon that if you're going to work within the DOD space, you have to be vaccinated. Yeah. And people are going to have to make a choice. Yep. The person mm-hmm. to my left or right might not be there anymore mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. because their, their job is sports don't mean that they can't make these very personal decisions. However, he has a platform. So then now just, I would ask that you be a little bit more intentional, go and educate. Hey, well, these are the pros and cons to it. Um, mm. This is, you know, why I wouldn't, this is why I would and, and have those conversations. But then again, that may not be his nature. It may not be his nature to do so. That's my only type of thing is when you accept that position, there is pressure to me to use that platform to positively impact people or to help educate people because you are a voice. And right now what's speaking is a whole bunch of indecision and a whole bunch of selfishness. And that might not be the case. So at least Mm -hmm. kind of clear that up. So these young folks, you know, have some good substance to hold on to, to be able to make a decision for themselves and not be following something that is kind of all over the place. That's the only thing that I would would say in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tony's asking, do we think that he's doing this to get traded? And I think it's beyond that. I, I think it's beyond a trade. I think he, in, in my opinion, I think he knows he's in a, in a good spot in terms of the team, the the dynamics of the folks that that's there. I, 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 I do wish that he would say why. 
I, I would I would love for him to go ahead and fire up his phone since he wants to be on Instagram for 30 minutes. I would love for him to put some context into why he's making this decision. That that would help us to as humans not prejudge, not not to yeah. not to question, you know, what, what is look, you got to remember Kyrie was the dude who said that the earth was flat. So <laughs> so <laughs> there's some challenges with with, yeah. with your boy Urban just from that perspective, right? He thought the world was flat. So and I think he was serious when he came out with that. So uh, again, I, I questioned j- just some of his mental ca- yeah. capacity from, from that perspective. I, I would like to know why such a hesitation from this after all this time, right? He, he's got access. He, he can go called Fauci himself, right? You know, he, he's at that kind of, he's, he's got that kind of influence within society. He could pick up the phone and call expert scientists, physicians and things like that, and have that one-on-one conversation and debate it back and forth. You, the three of us, we can't do that. But someone like a Kyrie Irvin has the NBA behind him. He's got personal physicians, personal trainers. He's got folks who know folks. He's got people, right? Yeah. Who can have those types of, and I just wonder why he's not doing that. One problem that. I do have though, he hasn't given the why. Um, yeah. And we kind of, you know, feel like he owes us that. <laughs> Just like we feel like when a celebrity messes up, we feel like they should come out and apologize. Like, even like with Kirk Franklin, why Kirk Franklin got to apologize to us? But, you, know, why, you don't owe me an apology, Kirk. But we felt like we demanded that. But anyway, yeah. that's a yeah. different story. But now what we're doing, and you know, guys, I'm, I, I don't like divisiveness. Mm. So there's now anti-vaxxers versus mm. the vaccinated. It's becoming a thing now. Yeah. And if you're not vaccinated and you know, you're on this side and you have no regard for society and your fellow brother outside of religion, outside of medical reasons, just like not getting the flu shot, not getting the COVID vaccine to me is a personal choice. Mm-hmm. But now people are being attacked for not doing it because we feel like the COVID is so deadly. Every person on earth should have it. If not, you're putting people at risk. And I just don't know if it's that cut and dry yet. I think we still need to allow people to process it because there mm-hmm. is some unknown risk factors for oh, yeah. later on down oh, the yeah. line. We don't know them. Mm-hmm. Right. And some people, they wholeheartedly believe that there might be some, they just kind of get on a bandwagon, you know, like, right. Right. or, or you have those who are saying it's a conspiracy. The government is trying to kill black people just like they yeah. did with the Tuskegee experiment. And that right. wasn't true. They right. withheld treatment from the Tuskegee mm-hmm. guys. So we have to be educated on these things. I think we don't need to have this whole vaccinated anti-vax. There's people around the world right now who have lost jobs yeah. because they didn't get vaccinated. They can't go shop at supermarkets. Yep. So now they're trying to find places to get food. If there's no online option for them, how do they get food? How do they go to the pharmacy? And because some places you got to have a vax car to walk into. Yeah. Right. And there's, countries and people who are having issues right now. And so there's some implications with this whole getting vaccinated and not. And if we make it mandate that everybody does people who choose not to, they're really in a tough spot going back to Kyrie though. He hasn't given a clear cut. Why exactly for us to really, really pick it apart to see if it to us makes sense or not, you know, (laughs) but I think, I think he does owe that to us because in some type of weird sense, weird paying that $380,000 per game. We, we, the fan, even though it's coming from the ownership of, of the Nets, yeah. but you know, the fans are the ones, and viewings and all he, he, he does owe it to his constituents. He owes it to the folks. And, and I'm thinking about the youth, right? He owes it to the youth who are looking at the him, yeah. who want to buy his shoes, who want to go see his movies. 
who I want to be like Kyrie. Instead, you know, th- th- those kind of things, right? I, I, he really needs to have a wider <laughs> dialogue <laughs> about that. Go ahead, <laughs> bro. Look at <laughs> <laughs> hey. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. No, you, you know what I'm doing. You know, you know, I'm, I'm well, stoking well, the fire. I'm stoking yeah, the trying, fire. You're trying to pile something on, but I'm, I saw I'm, him I'm like do that. You know, um, I, Kyrie, if he was just just to walk away and not say nothing mm. and just say I'm not going to play because vaccination, and he left it at that. I would be okay because he's, he made a personal choice and says, you know what? I'm walking away. I, I personally don't believe in it. I'm done. But he gives us this confusing <laughs> conversation like on Instagram and makes these subliminal messages just talking about, you know, I'm, I'm the voice of the anti-vax or I'm this and this and that and blah, blah, blah. That's where we get where we think he owes us an explanation. Like, mm. come on, you're going to send these mixed messages and then you, you don't clarify. Those are where it's at. I mean, Kyrie, like I said, you're per- personally, I don't, me personally, I don't care. You know, if you choose not to get vaccinated, you don't want to play, that's on you. From me, from the player standpoint, from the owner standpoint, I'm not paying you unless you play. I get mm-hmm. it. I get both sides. Mm-hmm. I, I completely understand. I don't side with either one. I really don't, you know, I like basketball. I would love to see him play because he's a talented player. He has a lot of influence on you. But, you know, at some point, he's going to have to make a choice to walk away or not. I just don't like the non-clarity. I don't, I don't, I don't like the rhetoric in the middle, like this cloud he's painting. And, and he's painting himself as a victim almost. You know what I'm like? Like, I'm the yes. one. You guys are wrong, and I'm yeah. the one that's right. Yeah. You know? Come on, man. Like, just give us some clarity why you don't want to do it. Uh, but and that's why I've always been the type to um, be very cautious about idolizing a person. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. much so that what they do is going to influence and impact me that much. Speak on that. That I'm not thinking and acting on my own accord. I'm yes. being influenced by this public figure or this, you know, uh, the person that I'm a fan of, you know, um, and, mm-hmm. and, and our children, you know, we kind of allow them to go there. And I think we do it because it gives them something to aspire to in terms of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But then everything that that person now says becomes gospel. Everything that they does, you know, is acceptable and okay. And so there is the problem with some of the things that we are experiencing with these people, with these platforms, talking about platforms and the social impact, again, um, Mm -hmm. that it has on us, especially on a young person, because children are the greatest imitators. That's why I hate For one time, I stopped watching football. You guys remember, what was it, Ray Rice, I think, who beat his -hmm. his wife in the elevator. And then he was in the back in the NFL. And I stopped watching it because I'm like, wait, hold up. What message are we sending here? Mm-hmm. So I, I walked away from the NFL for a couple of years after that um, because I was processing that. Mm. Like that's the platform. That's the social impact. Now it's okay. Now I, I get it. We all make mistakes, but on your job, your boss needs to handle your actions exactly. on and off yep. the job better yeah. I agree. Like, to like show that not. that's not Yes, exactly. Yeah. For better or for worse, like it or not, your yeah. your employer, you the, the one who's cutting them checks, the one who you work for, until you own the team yourself, Mister Irving, um, mm-hmm. you you do unfortunately need to fall in line and do what the policy says. Uh, you know, every one of us sign on the dotted line for a job description and all duties as necessary or as required, and we you know we do things that we may not want to do all the time. But uh, or, or putting you two weeks, or or putting yeah, yeah, you two yeah, weeks, or, or putting you two weeks, you know, and, yeah. and and not drag it out, not, not make it a big yeah. deal, you know. Yeah. Let's yeah. have some respect for the people, the fans, the yes. game, your yes. teammates, in that regards. Yeah, do yes. what you're gonna do. Don't drag it out. Don't make it a spectacle. Like there's people, like I say, in the corporate space where I work, 
they're not going to adhere to that mandate by the yeah. DOD to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. They're going to put in there two weeks. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. fine. You know, it's the same yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it, so it's, it's unfortunate, man, but you got something you want to chime in real quick? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm 100, I'm 100, 1,000% in agreement. <laughs> with what, what do you say? Yeah. Um, you got to adhere to, to the policies, man. And if you don't, you know, then you, you must suffer the consequences. I just yeah. think Kyrie, he's suffering from rich, being rich privilege now. All of a sudden yeah. he got, he has enough money to make those decisions and to be real, real cloudy in his mm. messages because he knows at the end of the day, if he walks away from the lead today, his family's family's not going to have to worry about fi- a financial standpoint ever. Exactly. He's made enough money in the NBA. So he's coming, he has that in his corner pocket. I would love to see his perspective if he was on the corner living paycheck to paycheck and don't know how to pay rent. I think it'll be a speak different on, situation. Speak on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. see, I don't like that's Wiggins. That's Y'all heard what Wiggins that's, said. That's Andrew why Wiggins said it was like it came down to a thing. It was get vaccinated and play ball or don't and not play ball. Basically, is what he said. And so, like, look, if you love the game and if you, but but that that's exactly why I said that three hundred eighty thousand dollar per game uh, figure, right? Mm-hmm. How many how many games in a season? Eighty two. <laughs> I can't I can't count that high. You know, I I, I need a calculator and a pencil and paper right there. But that's TI eighty three. That's every game, three hundred and eighty thousand. So he, yeah. he's not hurting, but no. boy, he should he should stop being selfish. And I, I I really think he's being selfish. I, I think he should stop being selfish and go ahead and go have the conversation, a cognizant conversation about the why of him holding out on this. Let, let let us understand that. And then he won't be subject to conversations like this. It, it, it it's, it's just deserved because again, he is a servant to the people, right? He's out there to enter. He's an entertainer. We pay the tickets to go see him entertain. He's not out there. We're not going to go watch the games because we wanted to see the big three. All we're going to see is two. So there, there, that there it is right there, man. We, we getting it to it tonight. I, I should, I'm supposed to go work out tonight. I, I need to give me a drink. Um, Talk to me about. Did you guys watch the fight, Fury and Wilder? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> are we done with that? Are, are we? Are we? Is there going to be a four? I hope not. Because I hope not. Because Tyson Fury knocked knocked Wilder down all three fights. Wow! Wow! I, and I, I'm gonna do my. I'm gonna get my boxing analyst on now. Wilder <laughs> looked worse. He looked worse this fight than he did the second fight. He was out yes. of shape. He looked like he was throwing for one one punch. Hitters the whole fight, yep. and 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 Fury was just kept taking him and taking him. I mean, he got knocked down once, but it, it shows just right now that I think Tyson Fury not only was the better fighter, but I thought also he was the bigger man. I'm more disappointed in Fury in a, a, a Wilder, not one to be a sportsman, not one to shake his hand. That's what I was going to talk about you know, too. Yeah, talk, talk about that. Cheater, mm-hmm. calling all. I mean, doing doing all this non things, man. You you lost a fair fight. There was nothing wrong. There was no conspiracy to this third fight. You got knocked out. Pretty much from the eighth round all the way through the eleventh, he was knocked out on your feet. Um, but you was finished in the eleventh, and give the better man, you know, at least boxing gestures. You give the the better person his just due, congratulate him, and move on. He just showed that that right there. That's just that unsportsmanlike talking about. He didn't want to shake his hand. He wanted yeah. to do with him. Had, had no all respect that. for him is what he was saying when when yeah, Perry no was here trying to shake his hand. Yeah, that, that was that was horrible, yeah, brother. That, yeah, that was that's horrible. That, that's a cow, that's a cowardly move to me, and that's so unsportsmanlike conduct. And that's so unbecoming of someone that's support that that's a fan of the sport, man. Like that's part of the sport. Even you know, even the roughest of the roughest in the MM in the UFC, when someone loses, they get up, they make sure they shake their hand afterwards. Yeah. It's a, it's what you're supposed to do. And this guy just 
then exemplify that. I think uh, Wilder's career is over. I mean, there's no – he got his paydays. He got three of them. Move yeah, on. Three of them. Go, go do something else. Go be a bodyguard yeah. for the Sunni 2D down the street. <laughs> go be a bodyguard. You, you, you can go do that. You know what I'm saying? If you want to continue that, but I'm saying as far as his boxing career over, I think it's over with. There's no there's no one in the heavyweight division for him to compete with. And if he climbs the ladder, he fights his, he, he have to fight this guy for a fourth time and lose again. Yeah, that's not going to so happen. So what use is it? What's the use of it? All I know is uh, Fury was not done. He still had some energy. And afterwards, he went raving at the club with Steve Aoki. Now that man, that's that's just ridiculous. Look, look, yeah. that don't make no sense. That's what I was saying the whole time. First of all, the first fight, Wilder looked the best out of all three mm-hmm. in terms of having a chance. Yeah. After that, um, kind of pound for pound, Fury was the superior fighter mm-hmm. in two and three by a long shot to me, because strategy wise. Fury was just landing those jabs while Wilder was trying to throw that haymaker, like you say, to, mm-hmm. to try and knock him out. And in, in in two, he took that shot to the ear. And matter of fact, he took mm-hmm. one in all three fights. But two, he took one to the ear, and that was kind of his equilibrium off. And I felt like Fury tried to do the same thing in three because he caught him pretty good in the <laughs> ear again. Like he got him good, and that was a factor. But Wilder was going for the body in the beginning, right? That was his strategy. After a while, he abandoned that and was trying to throw that that haymaker. But Fury just kept putting that big body on him, man, and that mm-hmm. mass wore him down. And afterwards, he had all of his energy. He's pumped. He like went you say, to the he, club. He's raving. Yeah. He's at the club. He put on more pounds but had more energy somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's... Wilder just couldn't make him work. Wilder did not make Fury work at all Crazy. in, in it, that last fight. It, it, Even though way, he hit him twice and he went down, hey. but he didn't make him work. Exactly. But did you look like okay? Wilder looks like a specimen, right? He looked like a specimen physically. Yes. Yeah. 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 And you look at Fury, and he doesn't look like a specimen. But like you said during the fight, it looked like Wilder was out of shape, and Fury was in right. shape. Right. Right. Which was yeah. which was bizarre. You know, your your eyes is playing tricks on you right at that point because yeah. it looks like this dude doesn't look like he's he's ripped. He's in shape. He's throwing. You know, he looks real muscular, especially in the beginning. But by the mm-hmm. third round, he was he was gassed already. Yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't. Like he, had to train he didn't. UFC fight or something. He didn't take the training seriously, right? He he <laughs> thought he was going to come in and, and go and, cl- and wipe the floor with him, but it, 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 strike three, you out, yeah. you yeah. out. So I, that's too bad, uh, right? It, we wanted something to be a little more competitive, but but yeah, Wild, Wilder I think is done. He, he's a. You say he's going to be like Rocky car- at the club at the at the gym carrying the spit buckets now. <laughs> makes a I, I think he's going to be bodyguard right there. <laughs> He's gonna yeah. go down and go bodyguard somewhere. He's gonna be, be bodyguard somewhere, man. If he but I mean, you know what? To a testament, I hope the brother put his money away. You know, I hope he put his money his money yeah, away. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's set for life. Um, I, I hope he does a good job. I mean, I I just don't like the unsportsmanlike part of him, but yeah, otherwise from yeah. that part, Wilder seems yeah. like he was a great champion. He was a great fighter. I mean, he seemed like he was a yeah. good guy. But this fury he thing just got, he just out got him. Yeah, he's he got, got out boxing, box. man. Yeah. He got out It box. is what it is. Yeah. It wasn't a matchup for him. No. It, it just wasn't a matchup for him. You know, it's kind of – that wasn't a match. He couldn't overcome that. Uh, that boy, when he knocked him out, I think it was the second fight, and old boy pulled that Undertaker move where he's laying down, and all of a sudden his <laughs> eyes popped up, and he got up like the Undertaker. I was like, this dude like the Undertaker from WWE and got up, and that was <laughs> – like whoa, man! Yeah, like man. normally you gotta like get that little thing. Yeah, get, get some salts on you. <laughs> but no, he yeah, just yeah, yeah. 
but but I do believe it was a great thing, a great it was a great event for boxing, right? It was a great event for boxing. It brought boxing yeah. Yeah. Oh, kind of back to the limelight. Um, I, I hope I hope they follow up with more good fights and more high profile fights because we don't never get to see them anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to yep. see the old men fighting no more. I don't want to see the Tysons versus Holyfield no more. We done. Right. We passed right. that. Let's kind of get our interjection to the, the young generation of fighters, and hopefully we can kind of. You know, it was it was a, it was a decent fight. So I hope it brings back some more excitement to boxing, man. Because yeah. me personally, I miss the sport. I do. I mean, I'm, I, you me know, too. UFC's but it goes thing, back but to show you that, like you were saying, the look isn't is not about that look. It's not about that physique. At the end of the day, you got to be strategically prepared for your opponent. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Wilder was like when you think about a George Foreman. You know, you think about somebody that's built like that. Like you can't just go in there trying to land a haymaker on those guys. Like, <laughs> You gotta have a strategy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he did. He, like you said, he was going to the body. The body. First. Yeah, he but he couldn't get in there because of long arms. Yeah, and, but when he got hit once, then he started to say, "You know what? I'm gonna just do he my thing." He abandoned the strategy. That's out. a good point. That's a good and point. He Maybe abandoned he abandoned it. He abandoned the strategy. I think uh, for him, it was like a discipline. And then I think he was just out of shape, man. I, I couldn't believe how fast he gassed out mm. from, from 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 that boxing match. I mean, he gassed out like. I believe the third round, he was his hands were already third, down. Round. Yeah, yeah, his hands are already down. He 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 abandoned the jab completely. There was no more jab. Yeah. It was just, I'm just winding yeah. up to try to knock him out. Yeah, I box, so, so. Um, yeah, go to the yeah. boxing gym from time to time. And man, I'm gonna tell you, when you ain't in shape, a three minute round, them gloves <laughs> feel so heavy. Like you, I'm against the wall sometimes. If I don't go on a regular basis. <laughs> Yeah. Like you just want to throw them gloves. You can't hold them up. Like you gotta be in shape for that yeah. sport. <laughs> I, I, I laugh as you said it because I, I laugh at people like, "Oh, boxing, boxing, boxing." I'm like, "If you ever been in a just a regular fight, if you fought somebody yeah, yeah, for yeah, one yeah. minute, one minute straight, everybody tired. Yeah, you're not making tired. a one minute straight fight in one yeah. minute straight. And these guys fight three minute rounds for twelve rounds. But uh, I, I just know people don't know how much energy you exhaust in in in, in that kind of combat. Yeah, um, right. but I mean. Again, man, back for the for the event. I'm glad it was star studded. I'm glad, like I said, I hope it brings boxing back to a whole nother light. Cause yeah. me as a fan, I really, I really do miss it. I really miss it. Yep, I agree. I love it. I love it. All right, we let's go one last story and then we'll we'll, we'll close it out. And I'm trying to figure: should we talk about racing as a NASCAR, or do y'all want to talk about what's going on in baseball? I'll leave it up to you. Go, ahead, Mr. Jackson. You the guest. You go ahead. You tell me which one. Which uh, subject? Oh man, you know. I'm from Daytona B, so I can talk about <laughs> NASCAR, you know, okay. Daytona 500 right there. But I love the Dodgers, L.A. Dodgers, only because of the history of the team. Yeah. Um, you know, and what's going on with there. We could do like Jacoby and what's in them do? Keep it moving or pause. That's what you <laughs> Hit the brakes. We can keep it moving on NASCAR. Okay. okay. Hit the brakes on baseball. Well, right, right, right now it's uh, nothing yeah. to nothing, bottom of the fourth. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm cheering for the, I'm cheering for a story and Martel knows this, right? So, you know, yes, the the Giants and the Dodgers right now, um, the Astros are in a good place right now with their coach, Mm -hmm. Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker Mm -hmm. is from here. Dusty Baker used to coach the Giants for the story. It's, it would be so good for the game if, the Giants made it to the pennant and end and, up uh, playing against the Astros for the World Series. That would be such a great event to see and watch. And then all of my Northern California folks are going to hate me for saying this, even though I, I got more Giants gear than, than I care to count in my closet. I would love to see Dusty pull it out. 
Because right, Dusty still lives mm-hmm. here, not too far from me, right? I can go to his winery. I can get some of his wine. I can chop it up. I've had dinner with him a couple of times. So there, there's that they piece of it. They're right now, I, I, I know. I, 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 need, I need to make sure that my alarm is on right now. Make sure nobody come to the house. I, hopefully I didn't say that too loud. But I, I would love to see the story of the Giants against the, the Astros, but them, them Dodgers, man they, man, they got some weapons out there, and they are still doing it. They're the reigning champions. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not sure is, is Kershaw pitching tonight, but uh, if if so, if not, he needs to be because this is one of them must win type of situations. Must win for type him. situations. Uh, yep. the, the Giants have their uh, hotness on the mound right now. Logan Webb, who's also from from my neck of the woods, so I'm in Roseville and he's from Rockland, which is literally across the, across the street from me, right where he went to high school. So there's some some local love for that, but it, you know, it's, it's a good time, I think, for for baseball and for fans of the sport because it's exciting, right? Just, mm-hmm. just to have these rivalries going. And, and when you got, um, was it Boston is playing against, Boston's playing against Tampa, right? When they play the race. Yeah. Right. It's, isn't that who's playing uh, on the other side? So no, no. Oh, um, so we have the San Francisco. Make, don't make a lie right Red me. Sox. Rays are out. The Dodgers put the Rays out. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I, I didn't. I didn't mean to say that. Then I, I apologize. I to say that just like they did, like they beat us <laughs> last year. Yes, you did want to say that. I, I did, it's I like two years in a row. I was saying that. You know, yeah. <laughs> we, we gonna move on. Oh, I, what's I his name? Did it again, Mookie. Mookie Bess from the Dodgers. He he did it to the to the Rays again. Even though that kid rookie, Ira Arizonas. For the Rays, man, setting all type of records, and it, it's just not enough for some reason. The Dodgers, they they got them. So I would like to see the Dodgers kind of do the back to back thing, okay. um, just because of the history of the team. I grew up in Daytona Beach, Jackie Robinson Stadium, five minutes from my house. Mm, okay, Sanford, right up the road where they would do some spring training and stuff back then. So that history with the team, I like, um, but I like the play baseball a yeah. little bit when you sit down and watch a game it's three hours bro. It's, it's, it's different it's a different <laughs> look you got to go like extremely hungry or something so you can just keep eating the whole time yeah, I don't know. peanuts and hot dogs <laughs> tell your diet up yeah. man if you're on the or, or you got to go live right or you got to go to the game live where you can kind of stay awake yeah. otherwise, right and that's what i was getting to that's what yeah, i was yeah. getting to you know yeah, when baseball. it's on tv you bounce yeah. around channels and stuff, but going I'm to sleep. I'm sleep on the couch on that fly. Catch me in the ninth inning. Let me figure. What, let me just see the score. What happened? You, you did good. not make it to the seventh in the stretch. You already knocked no. out. See, there hey, you man. go. There you. That's a, that's, that's the ESPN. I just catch the highlights. Kind of like highlights is better yeah. than the game, man. So I'm good. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. be all right. All right. It's well. the base running for me. I think. Um, seeing how those guys they get on base, able to steal base, able to run base, um, because you got to think majority of the people at bat it's like a strikeout you know or yeah a hit that gets them out it's not a yeah. lot of action but, from that but you know dr jackson when i i'm i'm amazed by that part one of my i'm amazed yeah. by the science because two round objects hitting square is supposed to be phys- physics impossible but it happens in baseball at 100 so, miles per hour yeah the the mass the, 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 the amount of concentration you have you know baseball i like james always alluded to it. he likes the game within the game you know i like that part of the game you know you mm-hmm. have the game yeah. and then you have the duel between the pitcher and the hitter. Yeah, and, and the hitter. even though it's long and it, it it takes a long time, I'm amazed when they do hit it, when they do connect, when they do hit those home runs. 
and I, and I tell James, I'm all, I love the golden era of baseball. What I call the golden era, at least in my time, is that that home run derby with McGuire, uh, uh, Sosa. Ken Griffey Jr., Sosa, yeah, and, Sosa. And, and Barry Bonds. Justice Bonds. Oh, man. That was the best. I mean, baseball right there, I would yeah. watch because that was so amazing how those guys were doing that and, 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 yep. and playing the game. Now that we've moved on from that because of whatever, you know, because of all the allegations and everything, it's changed different. But I still get amazed by, like, the guys that can hit 40, 50 home runs a game, yeah, you know, in the right. season. Uh, the guys that can do that. I just think that's just such an amazing thing. And I like the fact that people don't ever want to say it, but baseball is so diverse. It's probably one of the most diverse sports we got besides basketball. Basketball is predominantly African-American. Uh, football is predominantly African-American with a little mixture. But baseball has, you know, uh, Hispanics uh, or Latinos, yeah. however you want to say it. Sorry, I don't mm-hmm. want to be culturally mm-hmm. inappropriate. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Afro-Latinos, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. white, black, they have a, such a mixture and such a cluster of it. It's just, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's a good thing, man. I'm not, I haven't really been a big baseball fan because I don't like, it's slow, but uh, the things around it, it does have some really good features around that, that yep. great, great sport. Yep. No, right. man, that's, that's true. And you got to think about those hitters. They can, that ball coming a hundred miles per hour, but they can <laughs> dictate where they're going to hit it yeah. in the field, left or right or center, or I need to hit it over here and, and or mm-hmm. drop it. And I'm like, I go to the driving range and I'm hitting my hand on the ball. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that ball ain't going but 25 miles per hour and it's whipping it by me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, your, your Dodgers, yeah, your, your, your man Pujols is still out there doing his thing. So, and, and, and okay. looking good while doing it too. So, nice. we, we, we will see. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll have you back, sir, because you, uh, I told you just mentioned about Barry Bonds and we'll, we'll, we'll discuss why Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame. We'll, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll discuss Let's the asterisk, right? You know, is is it the asterisk? Is it the 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 alleged use of steroids, or is is it something else underneath that? And I I'm still trying to figure out about Pete Rose. I'm a, I'm a Pete Rose fan. I, I really am. Okay, right. Everything that he did for the for the game while playing the game matters. Now, yeah, yeah. he did some things outside of the game. He bet on him, whatever. But the greatest player who I named my first child after, Michael Jordan. Did some things too, right? And Michael bet on a lot of stuff. He spent a lot of money doing whatever. He had some infidelity, right? So Michael did some things too that, that weren't as 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 shiny. And we, we won't. We're not going to talk madness about him. But you know, someone like a Pete Rose, you hater. I would call you a hater. Look at you drive, Michael. You hater. <laughs> so you know, th- those are some conversations that I would like to have as well. Man. But you know, that that's that's what we do. Uh, Charles Jackson. Tell the folks again who you are, what it is that you do. Let me bring up this screen right here because, man, this this man right here is doing oh, some things. Charles Jackson Media. Yeah, anytime you guys want to um, allow me to share the skate stage with you, man, I would be honored. I love the conversation. I love the um, just this dialogue, the banter, everything. It's, it's great. I think it's good for us. It's good for people to see it, to hear it, and chime in. Whatever. This is a great platform, and I love what you guys do on here. So Appreciate anytime, you. anytime, anytime. Again, I I lead a consultancy, Charles Jackson Media. Um, we're all about connecting people, um, and I just use media to do that. Live streaming, pre-recorded videos. Um, that's that's what I do. So I try to help us all, you know, get outside of ourselves 
to look at the human that is across from us in each interaction, mm. whether it's on this live and the people in the comments or when you go to work or when you're at the grocery store, when you're pumping gas, wherever you're at, you're going to interact with a person mm. and just be conscious of how you interact with people. You never know what they're going through. You never know what you say might help them. They might send them over the edge. You never know what beliefs you are harboring that is incorrect about a particular race or gender or ethnicity or religion. I just like to help people connect. And so I teach corporations on leadership um, development skills and building cultures of connection. I also teach in schools, um, platforms for kids and how to connect. Uh, I got a talk called race R A C E and I kind of break down those, um, it's an acronym for it. And when we break down race and, you know, in the schools do live streaming, like I talked about, but it's ultimately everything is just all about connections and helping people have better relationships, man. And I, I'm fortunate enough to do it through um, the media background that I developed when me and my wife was uh, leading our marriage and family organization, which we still have you before me, we do marriage coaching and premarital coaching and stuff. And so that's kind of how it started. And I just fell in love with the media aspect of things. And then I started using the media to send this message of connecting, right? At the end of the day, we are all different. We look different. We act different. We have different opinions. I get it. But we're all one race. And so our differences shouldn't divide us. They should actually make us stronger. We should embrace them. We should lean into them, not shun them, not hate them. Just use, find ways to leverage them and embrace them. So that's what I'm all about. You can find me at charlesjackson.media. My site was just up. And on social, I'm at Charles Jackson Media. And that's my IG um, handle. So thanks for having me, man. This was great. Um, if I'm not on the show, I'm in the chats. And it's just an honor to be here, man. Appreciate I love you, you guys as brothers. And I love you as men who are helping um, others be better. Like, that's what you do, believe it or not. You're helping others be better because you make us think about both sides to these stories, whether it's sports or the social impact of it. So I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you as well. Martel, go ahead and take us out, brother. It's on you. Hey, man, you know, like I said, uh, I'm going to quote the great Nipsey, man. You know, it's a marathon. We all run in the race. You know, we, we ain't got it. It's not a sprint. It's just a marathon. We got to take our time and get there and, and strategically plan how we're going to finish. And I think that's what yeah. uh, Dr. Jackson was talking about. I think that's what we talk about in the show. I think we're just trying to get figure out the, the right way to get to the get to the main the, the end in the right way, and uh, we're, I think we're we're a piece of that. We're stepping stone to that. So, like you said, I really think I would love your compliment. I'm glad we, you know, and I ended like I said, man, ten toes down, six feet above, brother. We always blessed when it comes to that. So <laughs> there it is. Y'all be good. We out. Appreciate that. That's good stuff. Bro.